Renee. <laughs> John. It has been it has been both a long week and a long day. Yeah. <laughs> um here we are recording at the end of the week, uh at the end of August. And it, it was a very quiet week as the end of August usually is in the Apple News universe until it wasn't. Yes. And nine to five Mac scored uh two blockbusters. Uh they found they published uh, two product marketing images from Apple, one showing the new uh, high-end iPhones, uh, which they say uh, also revealed will be called the iPhone XS, spelled yeah. with a capital X like the iPhone X, and an S, which may or may not be uppercase or lowercase, and may or may not, in Apple's usage, have a space between the X and the S, uh, with a gold almost certainly uh, stainless steel outer rim. And they also showed a new Apple watch, which is extraordinary in several ways. And to me is a much bigger leak um, because it shows new hardware, a definite new form factor, uh, the much rumored larger display, or at least uh, uh, larger as a percentage of the watch face display and a truly intriguing uh, new watch face, which takes advantage of that bigger display. And we will get to that eventually. Um, but at the meta level, I want to start with this, this, this find, cause I don't want to call it a leak for reasons we'll get into. Yeah. Um, it's truly a, a, a extraordinary, if not unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, it's famously Steve Stratton Smith found firmware last year, right? There was HomePod yep. firmware put on a public directory instead of a private one. And then the GM build for iOS 11, uh, had uh, imagery and nomenclature in there. Yeah. So last year's leak, and and again, what part of what makes this extraordinary is that um, the, the Apple world is filled with rumors, and the iPhone in particular, just because the iPhone is the most popular product, and there because it's popular, it has the biggest ramp up uh, yeah. in the supply chain. Uh so su- the supply chain is obviously a large source of Apple rumors and information. A lot of it, you know, uh, annually turns out to be accurate. A lot of it. Ming-Chi Kuo just exfiltrates everything he can out of it. Right. And a lot of the stuff that turns out to be inaccurate is inaccurate for the reason that the supply chain just wouldn't know. You know, yes. like sometimes when they say, um, oh, and we'll just specifically talk about the new high-end iPhones, which have been rumored at least since January, I think, mm-hmm. to be coming in two sizes, 5.8-inch diagonal, which is exactly the same size as last year's iPhone ten, and a new 6.5-inch OLED um, with a similar size notch or similar proportion notch. Uh, same design, just, just bigger diagonally. Like plus-sized. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, but when the same type of supply chains come out with things that say there's going to be a new thing and it's going to have a screen like this, like they have the screen information because they're talking to the suppliers yeah. who are making the screens. But when they say that this is going to ship or such and such product might be announced at WWDC in June or it's going to be a low cost product or a high cost product or something like that, um, that those those sort of things often prove to be incorrect because yeah. – the supply chain doesn't know when Apple's going to announce things and doesn't know how they're going to be priced. Um, But something like, and so something like product names is another thing that the supply chain doesn't know about. 
and is usually a very well-guarded secret. And the leak you mentioned last year, like, so one thing we didn't know last year going right, like just days in advance of the iPhone 10 announcement, we didn't know what Apple was going to call the phone. We, and nobody had a good guess. Uh, and I don't know that anybody guessed iPhone 10 with a capital X. I wasn't even, doesn't even seem, I don't even recall anybody guessing that. Um, and that was revealed, as you said, through uh, a leak of the iOS 11 GM build that S- Stephen yeah. Trotton-Smith uh, found and had, you know, the cleverness to <laughs> decompile and analyze and find yeah. unique resources, including the string of the name. So that was the thing. The curious thing about it was because we only had the string where it was iPhone space capital X. We didn't know whether it was going to be pronounced X or 10. Yeah. Uh, but we did have the name. Like Final Cut Pro X or right. OS X. <laughs> right. Because Apple goes both ways. <laughs> they hurt them and their X's. Um, <laughs> so these images were found by uh, uh, probably the only person in the world you could compare to Stephen Trotton Smith, uh, Guillermo Rambo, uh, a yeah. very talented hacker and nine, uh, uh, who, who lives in uh, Brazil, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and at nine to five Mac contributor, uh, the the they published two stories. One with the iPhone XS revealing these this image of two gold iPhones, the smaller one on top of the larger one, um, and said that the name would be iPhone XS. Uh, I'll say XS just you know knowing that Apple, if that's actually the name, Apple's surely going to pronounce it XS. Uh, yeah. Um, and. Just at the meta level, this is extraordinary. It just it, I can't recall product marketing images like this. Product marketing images, and again, this you know things like if somebody on the supply chain snaps a photo of a pre-release photo yeah. uh, or image, which I think has happened before. Um, yeah, I, I, well, people famously either at stores or uh, supply chain they would take a those shaky, blurry cam photos that were never good looking right. enough to really believe. Right? Didn't the Fat Nano? Leak yeah, like well, that. Seth Weintraub famously, 9 to 5 Mac, I think right. that was one of their big initial scoops, was an actual marketing image of the Fatty Nano. Oh, it was a marketing image. And that wasn't yeah. A, a and and I think Apple cease and desisted it hmm. back then. Um, but these are definite product. I mean, and I'm sure everybody listening has seen them, and I'll put these in the show notes, and I'll, I'll we'll do the fancy thing where if you look down at your podcast player now, we'll change the album art for this episode to show you the images as we're talking about them. Um, uh, yeah, these are the images you would see on stage or like Apple's newsroom would have embedded right. in the press release. Right. Like this is the, the hero shot and yes. that they, as they would call it of these, these two products. Um, uh, and at that just sort of thing, we just don't, I can't recall something like that leaking in a lot, or at least in a long time, like you said, like the fat nano leaked, but it's been yeah. a long time and I can't remember it for an iPhone. Um, so presumably, let's just address this at the meta level. It, I am certain that this was not leaked by a rogue yeah. Apple employee to Guy Rambo. I believe that he found these exposed somewhere on the internet um, on a public-facing URL. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly how, and I think it's... Well, he was tweeting at the same time that he was watching a test of right. their broadcast for coming up broadcasting test for the event coming up yes and he was seeing like yeah air power images um but that was it uh, that's a red herring he so he was yeah. tweeting that uh, i i 
I would guess he's got a lot of things going on at the same time that he's a yes. very talented multitasker, but yes. that led a lot of people to speculate or, or just jump to the conclusion that this video test stream URL that he was looking at and scrubbing through was the source of these images. Um, yeah, but you don't be marketing images. Over no, you don't. Us. And it wouldn't explain that certainly wouldn't explain why there were only two. Like if, yeah. if, uh, you know, and, and that's, he had the air power shot because they were just, the, the test stream was showing things from the last year's, yes. uh, keynote where, where the air power was shown. Um, so that was a red herring. That's not where he got these from. It just happened to be a, the same day that he uncovered these images. Um, you know, and it is a bit funny. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but on, on the same day, at, at 9 a.m. Pacific, Apple sent out the invitations to the press event, right. which we know will be Wednesday, September 12th, as you predicted first. And as I concurred with your logic um, that, you know, they wouldn't do it this week, Labor Day week. Uh, yeah. They wouldn't do it on they like to they, they do always like to do Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And the Tuesday uh, is September 11th, which, as you, as you well put, it's akin to a Memorial Day, which is the best yes. way to just, you know say yeah why 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 would you do that um so wednesday the 12th seemed like it was a very obvious choice and it turns out to be correct so anyway within i think it was about three hours after apple sent that out which makes enough news you know for a sleepy august week uh these images came out i'm guessing that was a coincidence i can't imagine why apple sending out invitations to the event would coincide with uh someone in apple's marcom team inadvertently putting these two images somewhere where they sh shouldn't have been exposed Oh, you mean like you found the URL for the for the Apple Park Ring logo and started putting another fly? Yeah, I think I don't think that's what happened. I don't think they yeah. were there. Um, oh, we should also say like a lot of people were really confused by the invitation and thought maybe it was a camera or a round watch, but that's the Apple Park logo. Right. It's the same one you see on T-shirts and other yeah. Apple uh, products. Yeah. What was the other one? So the the invitation, you know, the 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 Apple Kremlinology of you know analyzing the it was like. Uh, I also forget the exact words. It was like gather uh, round. All right, come on, gather round. Um, yeah, yeah. It. I, I guess because I've been to Apple Park and I've seen the T-shirts that they sell, yeah. that I I've instantly recognized that as the the logo mark that they use to represent Apple Park as a campus. Um, but I got inundated with people speculating <laughs> that it would that it meant that there, the new Apple Watch was going to be round. Yeah, no, sadly uh, not the case. <laughs> well, <laughs> you sadly, I, 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 I would be shocked. Oh, I don't if want they, a round Apple right. Watch, but it would be it would be intriguing and different and spur a ton of stories. Right, or or I guess I guess what you meant by sadly is it would certainly yeah. make for a more in, interesting interpretation of the yes. invitation than simply here's where the event is going to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it now. Uh, when we talk about the Apple Watch, the new Apple Watch, we can talk. Let's let's table that. See if you can yes. remember this to talk about why it, they don't make around at watches. Yeah. Um, all right, let me take a break and tell everybody about our good friends at Casper. Casper makes sleep products, including, of course, mattresses. Uh, Casper products are all designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. Look, you spend one third of your life sleeping, you should be not just comfortable, but just wonderfully comfortable every time you go to bed in your home. Um, they've got the original mattress that they came out with when they first started with supportive memory foam. It's a great mattress, uh, breathable design, keeps you cool, keeps you comfortable. 
They also have two new mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body. The Essential is their streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. They also offer a wide variety of other products like pillows, sheets, comforter to ensure an overall better sleep experience. I've got their comforter. Uh, it's really great. Um, and, and just, just so nice. It just keeps you, keeps you warm when you want to be warm, keeps you cool when you want to be cool. Couldn't, couldn't say better things about it. And everything they do is designed, developed and assembled right here in the U S now they keep their prices affordable because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. And they have hassle-free returns. If you're not completely satisfied, look, maybe you don't want to try a mattress or you want to try a mattress uh, rather than buying it over the internet, you can be completely comfortable buying a Caps- Casper mattress because they have a hundred night risk-free sleep on it trial. You have a hundred nights over three months. Try it out. Uh, you don't like it. Send it back and they'll have no questions. They'll just come pick it up, take it out of your house. Uh, we've got a couple Casper mattresses here at, uh, Terran fireball headquarters and they are incredibly comfortable. The whole family loves them. Uh, and you, they have a special deal just for you. You can save 50 bucks towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash talk show and using that code talk show at checkout. That's casper.com slash talk show with special code talk show. And you will save 50 bucks towards select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. I still think at the meta level, I think it's so damn curious that he got two and only two and they're both yep. intriguing, but there was no more. And surely there is a lot more t- to, to be shown and seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the ones he did get are interesting. Like the iPhone one, it looks very similar to previous iPhone 10 and iPhone artwork. Like Apple likes that angle. They like that style, but it's got these images of planets on it that just make it look almost like a humpback whale or a lava lump that's been squashed down or something. Yeah. My first look at this, when the news broke, um, I was very confused at first because I was looking at it on my iPhone and on the iPhone, because it they show this sort of, I, I don't know if that's Mars or yeah some other jupiter uh, or you know, I, don't know. I guess it's mars but it i don't know uh but it's some kind of mars-like planet maybe it's mercury maybe it's just some science fiction planet that they rendered i don't know <laughs> but it's some kind of uh planet shown where you only see sort of a, a crescent slice of it that yeah. the angle that they show it as it's just the wallpaper but it, at first look it looks like a bulbous you know yeah, like, like a, a 3gs style <laughs> hump back as opposed to a flat phone and it's like what that can't be yeah um but then once you really figure it out you see exactly what's going on it was that and the actual yellow gold like gold coin gold right. on the sides that caught my attention because apple did champagne gold mm-hmm. first with the 5s and then rose gold the iphone 8 gold version is actually like a copper rose gold but this is gold gold right um and so that's you know, so the 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 biggest leak iPhone wise that was revealed by this scoop by uh, Guillermo Rambo for Nine to Five Mac is the name, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I would say the second biggest is the nature of the gold, like what type yeah. of gold, because the supply chain links from months, almost the entire year, have indicated that at that there were going to be two sizes of the iPhone 10 successor um, 
you know, and one of the things that was misinterpreted so stupidly and parroted was the fact that out of the supply chain came the, to me, unsurprising news that the iPhone 10, the one we you know, know from last yeah. year, was going to be stopped in production. And right. it, the idea is it's just that come the end of September, when the new iPhones are out, you'll be able to buy these two new iPhone XS you know, models. There's going to be a new, uh, which we can talk about uh, in a bit, uh, unleaked by a 9 to 5 Mac, a 6.5 inch or 6.1 inch, I'm sorry, diagonal, yeah. about seemingly halfway between the two sizes of the iPhone XS um, with an LCD screen, but yeah. with the iPhone X basic form factor of no home button and a uh, front facing uh, sensor array, AKA notch and a corner to corner round rack, you know, design, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's a um, replay of the 2013 playbook where they end of life, the iPhone five and replaced it with the five S and the five C. Exactly. It is. It, that's their strategy, but it was grossly, I believe willfully misinterpreted. Yeah, Forbes made it sound like they were going to come to your house and take right. away your existing iPhone X. Right. And that they were like abandoning the basic idea. It. Right. It was a that failure it, and it was being killed. Right. It's it's a failure. It's being killed. But that, that leaked from the supply chain. I, I believe it's unsurprising given the nature mm-hmm. of the iPhone X. But it's not just going to hang around at a lower price point uh, as they've yeah, done. Yeah, it's too expensive to make. And, and if you well, look at it, the well, I mean, like the OLED screen, Samsung charges a fortune for those screens. And if you want to price it down at a normal iPhone level, uh, saving some money and going LCD and a few other and aluminum, um, I think is a really good strategy. Yeah. Um, but we knew that, you know, well, I say knew, knowing that we didn't know, no, you know, the way that like, let's say Tim Cook knew, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, that Jeff Williams knows, yeah. you know, or that Phil Schiller knows. Johnny might have a clue. Yeah. Right. Johnny might have a clue <laughs> as to, to what is really coming. But we on the outside following the rumors could be could reasonably wager a very large sum of money that they were um coming out they were get doing away with the iPhone last year's iPhone 10 replacing it with yeah. an updated uh exact same size 5.8 diagonal 5.8 inch diagonal OLED um a big brother uh plus sized if you will 6.5 yeah. inch version of the same design um and the gold "Quote unquote gold stainless steel rim was also leaked, and I believe yeah. this was something that was rumored for the original iPhone 10. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was rumored. To, I think they even put it through FCC clearance that a gold version. And there was a bunch of stories that either because you can't um, anodize stainless steel the way you can aluminum. That's why the Apple Watch has a DLC uh, diamond-like carbon coating, and that's a form of vapor coating. And you can you can vapor coat in gold, but it's trickier. Um, and some people are saying it just took too long um, to do it or it didn't look up to Apple standards. But traditionally, Apple has saved the new colors for the S years where the design is the same, but they want to, you know, humans will treat a new color like a new design anyway. So it gets a lot more attention if they if they have the new design, the new colors. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but think that that must have played part of it, that maybe it was the trickier color. Maybe they, they, they kind of were thinking about doing it last year. But I can't help but think that maybe it was also strategy because they obviously knew. I mean, the, t- the pipeline is yeah. at least two years long on iPhones. And so at some point when they were f- completely finalizing the exact plans for the iPhone 10, 
they already knew that the next year's phones at this at, to replace it would be the 10s in these two sizes and strategically i can't help but think that they might have wanted to hold gold for that so that there would be right. a, a, a version of it that was instantly recognizable as brand new yeah because people want other people to know they have the new iphone we're very, we're kind of vain that way it definitely drives sales for some people who are thinking that. And then I think the other factor is, is advertising that it yeah. gives them a, a, an iPhone 10 S to photograph and put on billboards and put in commercials and put in full page magazine ads. That's instantly recognizable as mm-hmm. new, both, both from the original iPhone 10 and in now in terms of having a color that we've never seen in an iPhone before. Yeah, Absolutely. It's like a win-win. Yeah. So Apple's history with gold-colored metals. Um, on the iPhone side, they've had the anodized gold and rose gold. The Apple yep. Watch has the same two shades, gold and rose gold. Uh, although the original Apple Watch didn't have a gold aluminum one. Yes. It was, or, the, it was, the, it was real gold. And then I think six months later, the, uh, the rose gold and gold aluminum came out. Right. That's right. It was, yeah, that's right. They came out with them at the, like in September. Yep. Um, cause they didn't come out like, so September of whatever year they announced the Apple watch and said yes. it'll ship next year, it shipped around April, um, did not have gold. And then come that next September, they had no new Apple watch to announce cause they'd only shipped the original one five to six months prior. Um, but by having the gold al- aluminum ones, this, you know, as they called them at the time, the sport models, um, they did have something new to show. Um, but the the gold that we see here is is visually akin to the true gold of the original yeah. Apple Watch edition, right? It is gold, shiny gold, gold. And it's what every Bruins fan has been waiting for, right? Because the big, it is different because it, you know with this edge to edge design, there's no room for white on the front face. Yes. All the previous gold iPhones have had white front faces. And I've always thought black would be an interesting look, even with the uh, subdued gold of anodized aluminum, as opposed to this. I, I just think black and gold is a good c- combination. You see yeah. it on sports teams everywhere, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Boston Bruins. Um, it's a good look. And I think with this, you know, I, I can't imagine that they've ever even considered making the notch white. It just would be. It just wouldn't look right because it it just ruins having that black bezel, is what gives you the illusion of an edge to edge screen. Yeah, some people have mocked it up and it just it looks wrong. Yeah, it it really isn't supposed to like the whole idea of the iPhone X appearance is notch aside. It's supposed to create the illusion of a truly edge to edge screen, and it's not. There is a bezel, uh, and we can get into bezel wars with other companies and find <laughs> find android phones with even narrower bezels at least on the sides um, yeah you know but it's it you know basically this entire the entire industry is moving to this look of an edge-to-edge uh, appearance and you can only do that with black even in this marketing image with the planet on it you don't see the notch at all it just looks like a giant black expanse all right um yeah and i can't help but think that's one of the reasons they chose yeah. a wallpaper like that is that the, the notch is no longer novel, so they don't need to they don't need to emphasize it in the way they did last year. I believe originally, almost I, I think every single product marketing image they showed of the iPhone X at the keynote last year included the notch. Yep, uh, it was sort of part of a clear 
but unspoken strategy of embracing the notch, that we're not going to try to hide this in any way. And it would be easy, as this wallpaper shows, it's easy to use a wallpaper that's either black or mostly black um, to create images that that don't emphasize it. Um, I remember specifically vividly that even when they showed video playing on the iPhone X during the keynote, it was always zoomed in to yeah. the maximum scale and therefore always showing the notch overlaying part of the video, which gave me the vague fear. Like I thought, <laughs> I, I'm going to guess that's not the default. Yeah. I'm going to guess a, that you can double tap that to go to a keep the correct aspect ratio and put black bars on the side, which would happen to show the or hide the notch. Uh, and further, I'm going to guess that preserving the proper aspect ratio is the default but now I'm worried. <laughs> and it was like yeah. one, of my, it was one of my first things I tested when we got to the hand-on area was how does video playback work? But I think the fact that that's how they showed video playback in the keynote was just part of their strategy of we are not going to hide this notch even yeah, when we show things it. like video playback. Yeah. Um, uh, so on this image, so all we have, we have the image, we have the name. And the name, I believe, was was taken, you know, the... Uh, Rambo and nine to five Mac. I believe they got it from the file name of the image that they found. Yeah. Which is why there's no indication of capitalization for the right. S. Um, although it is a little curious if, you know, that they don't know if there's a space between the X and the S. Although yeah. I suppose if the file name wasn't, had no spaces or underscores or dashes period, if it was just I P H O N E X S. It's possible, you know, I guess I would see that and say, I don't know. I have no, you know, I wouldn't know where the space is either. Yeah. Um, we don't, I'm skipping around a little between the meta aspects and the uh, uh, details of this, but I just want to emphasize because so many people have, uh, I just want to try to put this to rest as best I can, even though it seems impossible. I just want to put to rest the notion that this was a quote unquote controlled or deliberate leak from Apple, <laughs> which I, I know I'm laughing and I don't want to laugh at the notion because of any company in general, any company period, that's a possible strategy. Um, it is in the specific case of Apple as a company and the iPhone and a new industrial design for Apple watch in particular is something that nobody at the company would ever even, it wouldn't even cross their mind. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it's it, almost all the time when you see something like this, you see someone's, Oh, Apple's just leaking it to set expectations, which is never the case. Right. They have, and, and they truly and deeply um, want the surprise of revealing Every every single aspect that's new of these products, they w would like to keep as under wraps as possible until it's unveiled in exactly the way that they want it to be unveiled. Right. It's like surprise and, surprise and delight is their mantra. And they get – it's also a good business sense because they get so much marketing, free publicity out of the shock and awe of a, right. of a reveal that anything that takes away from that literally costs them money. Right. And no offense to 9to5Mac or, or Guillermo, um, but – even if they did lose their mind and were going to leak it, they wouldn't leak it to nine to five Mac. Yeah, it's, it would be I, like I, the Wall Street Journal or or all things. Oh, what is it called? Uh, Pachowski at Recode or something I guess, like that. but I just it would still be so shocking. I I, I know. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine if if somebody uh, 
you know, like if Jaws came in, like who would do the leaking even? Like, like if, if Jaws came into somebody's office and said, Hey, close the door. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take these two images. <laughs> Here's two if of the he's slides. He's in a trench coat. He's got a hat on. We've got two of these slides from the keynote. And we just can't wait to show them. So Phil and I were talking. We, we want to get them out. <laughs> can, can you send these to... Let's, let's send them to 9 to 5 Mac. You know, and, and get people excited for the iPhone. If somebody... If, if Jaws came in and said that to somebody, that person would think that they... That, Jaws had lost his mind. Like they wouldn't do it. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it, it, you know, like it, if he came in and handed him a gun and said, I want you to shoot me in the leg, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like you wouldn't do it. It's just so out of character for Apple. And I can't, and, and I, I try not to debate it too much on Twitter, but I, I, I think I said to somebody something to the effect of, even if they were going to leak it, which they never, ever would, it wouldn't go to 9 yeah. to 5 Mac. And then like, the response was, no, that's exactly why it went to 9 to 5 Mac, because they don't, you know. Nobody would believe it. <laughs> right, nobody would believe it. That, of course, they leaked it to Guillermo Rambo, because then everybody will think he found it. Because uh, you know he's the sort of person who could find it, and therefore yeah, that's he's why he's also they... proud. I don't think he'd ever turn out you know work that he didn't earn, <laughs> right? But that's you know the basic thinking be- behind the the theory that it's a deliberate leak and why it went to Guillermo Rambo at nine to five Mac was that Apple didn't want it to look like a leak and a, you know a purposeful leak. And all I, I all I can say is they would never do that. I think yeah. knowing I don't know a lot of the behind the scenes reaction at apple uh to this leak but i know uh, the little that i do know is that it was uh deeply upsetting yeah oh uh yo absolutely i think that was probably one of the the there's nothing that those teams who work on this everybody everybody from marketing and pr to hardware and software engineering loves more than the big reveal and anytime it's sort of like the script for star wars being leaked and everybody reading it online because they also right. now have to deal with people going there and going oh this is boring i've already seen this why why isn't apple surprising us anymore and it's like dude right. you read the star wars the star wars script before you went to see the, the movie you can do that but then you can't claim that you're not being surprised All right and on the, the the other aspect of this that i've seen that is the argument of well if they really don't want these things to leak then how does it keep happening? You know, that how can a company of Apple's resources and talent not be, you know, keep having these leaks? And uh, I can't explain it, but uh, each one seems to be a different mistake. You know, yes. it's, it's the fact that people are imperfect. And, uh, and we should also know. point out that almost everybody is looking. And if you, and I know this is harder for people in the Apple community to understand, but if you go towards the bigger phone and gadget market, there are literally Twitter accounts and websites that all they do is leak renders and carrier photos mm-hmm. and engineering shots of every single new Android phone that's coming out right. all the time. And there's not, it's, it, it, it speaks to Guillermo Rambo and Steve Trouton Smith's extraordinary talent yeah. as as people who as being able to find these things and know how to exploit them you know expose them once they've been yes. identified that it's almost like 
at number one, there's only those two guys, really. Yeah. I mean, there might be others, but they're still haven't found, you know, it might be other people trying, dozens, hundreds of people trying the same thing, but they never seem to f- come up with anything. Um, but it's almost like they're so good that it is like water finding a leak in a bowl. Like yeah. if there's one tiny crack anywhere in the entire process of keeping GM builds of the OS secret and product marketing images secret and their web pages and everything else, every single thing that they need to protect until they're ready to unveil it on stage. The tiniest pinprick in that process, it seems likely to be exposed by one or the other, or both of, of Guy and Steve, because yeah. they're so good. Like I, yeah. all it takes is one mistake and it, it, Boom, it's out and there. And sometimes it's not even a mistake. Like the with supply chain, almost everybody else, at least I think everybody else gets information from the supply chain because there's just so much money involved and case makers and everybody are throwing so much money around that inevitably that stuff gets out because they want to be able to have cases ready uh, because Apple won't tell them what the new phone is. So they're desperate to get their cases ready and sold on time because it's millions and millions of dollars. So that stuff gets out. But with this stuff, sometimes it's just that, you know, the carriers have to test it. And if they lock it up too hard, the carriers can't figure out how to get to it. And there's all these people have to do validation and there, there's there's so many things that go into an iphone launch that it probably is possible to lock every bit down but it's probably not possible to do it all the time there's just so many chances for obscurity sorry security by obscurity failing or just something going wrong yeah i totally agree all right let, let's take a break and i'm gonna thank our first sponsor um away makes premium suitcases in a variety of colors in four sizes, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large. Could not be easier to understand exactly how big they are. They have a bunch of great colors to choose from, and all of their suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate, unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and very, very lightweight. I've been using one as my carry-on for years, and it is still in great condition. The wheels are absolutely fantastic. The whole suitcase looks brand new. It's amazing. Um, other features, they have a great interior design featuring a patent-pending compression system, which is just a terrific way to keep your clothes separated into a few different compartments, keeps your shirts wrinkle-free, really, really great. Uh, includes a removable washable laundry bag, and both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge cell phones, anything with USB. They have two USB ports and a built-in lithium-ion battery, and... It pops right out. So if you buy a, a new carry-on right now from away, the battery just pops right out in case you are traveling on an airline and they want to gate check your bag and they say you can't put a battery underneath the uh, plane. It pops right out. You don't need any tools. And they even have a great system, a great program for people who own an away travel bag from a few years ago where the old system, instead of popping right out, you required a Phillips head screwdriver. Very, very easy. But some of the airlines now have a rule that if your bag has a built-in battery, it can't require a tool to remove it. If you have an older away bag that requires a screwdriver, they have a brand new um, assembly and they'll replace yours free of charge. I will put the link in the show notes, but they send you a thing free of charge. Absolutely free. It takes a few minutes and you can convert your old away suitcase to the new one with the pop out battery thing. Or if you prefer not to do it yourself, they'll even let you free of charge, send your existing away suitcase without the pop-out assembly. Send it back to them. They'll do it for you. Couldn't be easier. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but if you get a brand new one, you, of course, will get the new assembly built right in. It's a terrific product. 
I use it every single time I travel. And they have a special deal for listeners of the show. Uh, you can save $20 off a suitcase by visiting awaytravel.com slash talk show. That's awaytravel.com slash talk show. And use the promo code talk show during checkout and you will save 20 bucks. So save 20 bucks at awaytravel.com slash talk show. And that promo code is talk show. All right. One more thing about this iPhone X. Well, maybe a little bit more than one more thing about the iPhone XS. But one thing <laughs> oh, we just don't... hearing you say it, XS. Well, that's so. <laughs> the name is a little surprising to me. So Jason Snell and I, in the last episode of this show, spent some time guessing yeah. iPhone names, and I had a draft piece that I just kept revising and revising that I didn't publish, but was on the cusp of publishing last week when, when this broke, my, my guesses for the name. And the idea that they would just add an S at the end, which they've done with the iPhone 3G to 3GS, the iPhone 4 to the 4S, the 5 to the 5S, and the yeah. 6 to the 6S, but haven't done since the 6S. Uh, I, I, I spent very little time in the piece even considering it. I, I addressed it and said it's, you know, it, they've done it before, but... A, they haven't done it since the 6S, and I believe the iPhone 6 was the, uh, I think, maybe the best-selling iPhone ever. It certainly was yeah. like at the peak of iPhone sales, and it far exceeded, it wasn't just the most popular, it exceeded Apple's expectations, and that was the one that it was out of, it was back-ordered for the longest period of time. It was uh, the first "quote unquote" super cycle because it pulled people into upgrading earlier just to get the bigger devices. Yeah, it it it, it was just bigger in every. It was. I think Apple yeah. knew it was going to be big, but it exceeded their expectations. It took them many more months than usual to to you know to get it to like next day ordering. And then the 6S was the other way. It was a down cycle where it's undersold. It wasn't like it was a dud. It wasn't a failure. But it actually didn't quite meet Apple's expectations. Uh, and I think there's several reasons for that. I think that, like you said, that the, it was a super cycle that drove people to upgrade early uh, because they wanted bigger phones. And I also think that it also prompted people to wait longer to upgrade who might have bought an iPhone 5S or even a 5. Yeah but who were waiting, who either saw the industry trends or followed the rumors long enough that, you know, the rumor with it, you know, that Apple would be coming out with quote unquote bigger iPhones and that they wanted them, that they would prompt them to wait an extra year to upgrade, to get a big one. Uh, I think both of those things were true and led to this, you know, as you called it a super cycle. Um, I think the success was, was suffered in the wake of that because so many people upgraded, like you said, upgraded early, uh, who therefore weren't left to buy the success model year because they'd already upgraded the year before. Yeah. But uh, in addition to those factors though, I can't help but think that some part of Apple saw the reaction to the six S as a, um, and it happened in previous years with all the S phones where, because they look the same, people say, ah, it's a mine. This is a minor. Boring. Upgrade, right. Yeah. Whereas technically I think if you were on a two year up, I've said this for many, many years, if you were on a two year upgrade cycle, the S year was the year to be 
Um, because the, the iPhone 3G versus the original iPhone had the exact same camera, the exact same processor. Yeah. It really only added, I believe, uh, 3G networking, which is a big deal. I mean, it was significantly faster than the edge networking, um, and GPS. I don't think it had anything else. Um, it it just, you know, it wasn't serious. It was a reasonable upgrade just to get 3G networking, but the 3GS was the first one where there was a real performance increase and a real, I mean, it was a really, really big performance added video increase. recording <laughs> and it added video recording, um, all sorts of things. The 4S, uh, I think was, uh, we could skip the four, but uh, it was still a very nice upgrade over the iPhone four. It, it fixed Siri. the antenna the issues. Deal there, yeah. Siri was the thing. Um, the 5S is when they went from 32-bit processor to 64-bit, shocking yep. the industry, literally shocking anybody who follows the semiconductor industry. Worst uh, day at Qualcomm's life. Uh, uh, <laughs> very, I mean, at a very technical level, a truly significant, put them ahead of the competition by years, technical upgrade was yeah. an S model. And it changed their whole chipset architecture, and which has served them for you know from then on. Right. It really was the start of the... Uh, and Touch ID, throw in as yeah. fr- frosting. Right. Uh, it was a really good upgrade. Uh, 5S was a very nice upgrade. Or no, we just talked about the 5S. 6S yeah. was a good upgrade, but I but it seemingly got more of a bad rap, like a rap of this is just a minor upgrade over last year than before. And it was I, 3D Touch, which a lot of people didn't find appealing. And, you know, they might have been running into the part where... People, do, the CPU improvements are there and they're real. Yes. But the but the six was so fast that nobody was complaining about it being slow. Yeah, and the rose gold appealed to me and Christina Warren, but not enough people. I, I, I <laughs> and I also just can't help but feel that at that point, it's like that. It's not like the five and five S, like the iPhone, wasn't already a mass market, tens of millions of purchases per quarter product. It was. But at some point, there's a curve where in the early years, it was a product for, you know, early adopters. Certainly the first generation iPhone was. Um, Well, I get what you're saying, though, because when you put the S on, it does set expectations. So the press knows it's, you know, for example, it's an iterative update. But also people start grokking into that and they go, oh, if it's just an S, do I really want it? And I think that might have played into why the 8 was 8 and not 7S. Yes, exactly where I'm going. That I can't help but think that Apple blames a little bit of the 6S's disappointing sales on the name. Just a little. I I think there's other reasons that are bigger, simply because the 6 was such a spectacular hit. But I can't help but think... I thought, I mean, again, I'm obviously wrong if the name of this product is the 10S. I was guessing that Apple might never do the just add an S again yeah. because the 6S was such a just. That's my <laughs> very long digression of saying I really never expected to see an S phone again, whether it looked the same as the last year or not. And someone on Twitter said tennis, and now I can't stop pronouncing it that way. Yeah, it, <laughs> Jason Snell even used the, the tennis ball uh, emoji. Yeah. <laughs> In one tweet, it was just the iPhone and then a tennis ball. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't I, it, work. It's like excess, access, sexes, exes. I mean, like it's just so many pitfalls. So I, my, uh, my, I, I really did. I didn't in my article. I, I tried. I, I think I did a much more. I still haven't published it, but because uh, I still haven't revised it in the wake yeah. of this, the you know, knowing quote unquote knowing that the name is excess or 10s. I keep saying excess. Not me too. It's going to be impossible not to. 
because I see it, you know, yes. but anyway, I know for a fact, like I, and so famously I'm, I'm not good at, I'm not, I don't have a great track record betting on Apple's product names last year. Um, after it was revealed that it was iPhone space, capital X, I wrote an article, um, just, you know, cause I like doing the speculation. I like guessing, uh, before the keynote explaining why I, my guess was that they would pronounce it iPhone X and not iPhone 10. And obviously I was very wrong. Um, but one of the reasons I thought was, and I just said, because even if Apple wants to call it the iPhone 10 spelled with a capital X, people will say iPhone X and Apple knows this firsthand because they know how many customers out there have spent, spent 10 years calling the Mac's operating system, Mac OS X. Right. I don't know what percentage, but it's a, if not a majority, it is it is a very sizable minority. They know this. And so if they're going to call it the iPhone X, why give it this name? And I've heard from people and, and uh, I was in an interesting Twitter thread on this. And there were some people who said, you know what? I went around my office and pulled people and most people seem to know it's the iPhone 10. So maybe that's just a function of who who they work with um, being a little bit more keyed in or or you know, a little bit more Apple enthusiasty. I heard from people who work in Apple stores who say, oh yeah, everybody comes in and calls it the iPhone te- uh, X. Like yeah. if you work in an Apple store, you're manning the, the iPhone desk. People come in and they talk about the iPhone X. So they know and this. it's awkward. Like, do you say 10 and try to embarrass them or do you just go with it and then look like you don't know what the name of your product is? And- right. It is weird. And so yeah. my explanation for why they wouldn't just add S is if people, whether Apple wants them to say 10 or X, they're going to say X and therefore they're going to say XS. And that sounds like the word excess, yeah. which is, I don't think a word that Apple wants to associate with a phone that was probably going to sell phone, for yeah. 999 through presumably for the lar- you know the highest end version of the larger one like what's the maximum price of the current iphone 10 is it 11 over i think it's 1200 yeah 1200 bucks so the, it'll probably be at least 1300 1299 for the max yeah. version of the larger one i don't think they want people calling it the iphone xs or i would think they wouldn't <laughs> i mean there's uh and and there's a, a nightclub in las vegas at the uh, at the win uh, I'm not a nightclub person, but it's, you know, it's a, you know, big, you can't, you can't go to the win and not see the ads for it called X S. And the whole reason they named the nightclub X S is because it sounds like excess, which is, yeah. a, which is what they want associated with their expensive, crazy, you know, big name DJ nightclub. Yeah. Even the band in excess, that was the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, there's two great examples where X S has been used before and in both cases deliberately to create the, um, verbal, uh, I guess that's not a pun. I don't know what you call it, but the verbal conflation of the word excess with the letters X and S. So I just thought I I really just blew it off as I don't need to kind of do that. And uh, apparently I was famously, wrong. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like they're smart people. It's a super smart marketing organization. Right. And they usually, they have a name they want, but then they make hundreds of other names and they go through them and they make sure there's not a better name and they check everything. And they're not dummies to say the least. And they had to know naming it iPhone 10 that this was going to happen because they were going to have another, they're not getting out of the iPhone business anytime soon. And they have products like XServe that 
or X, uh, X code still that do use the X's and X. <laughs> right. um, iPhone so 10 it's code. Just, it, yeah, it's just so, it causes so much confusion. And Apple is so famous for understanding that the best marketing is simple, that it just seems weird that we're having this conversation. It does. I, I, it is. And they do not. Because if you show it to most humans, they're going to say excess, I, right. I think. I, it's, I, and I know I personally have a very deep, uh, uh, I'll go right out and say it, hatred of Roman numerals. I really hate them. Uh, I can never f- figure them out. They They're not make human no readable. Sense. They're not human readable. Uh, there's a reason that the ancient Romans <laughs> were not very, not famous for their mathematical uh, discoveries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? That's right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a reason that yeah. Pythagoras was Greek. Uh, <laughs> uh, or the Persians did so much math. Right. Uh, right. And a reason... Right. The reason that the place where Arabic numerals were invented was also the home of numerous tremendous mathematical discoveries. And yeah. uh, the Romans didn't even have a symbol for zero. I mean, yeah. it's, it is it is not a good system. It is antiquated. I really, by the one that I've ranted about before was the Super Bowl, the NF, the yes. National Football League has used Roman numerals for the Super Bowl. And then for Super Bowl 50, they switched to... Arabic numerals and just put yeah. a five zero. And I was like, finally. And that just makes sense because once you get up to like the 47s, it, it, there are yeah. very long sequences of numbers in the very strange order that Roman numerals have to be in to represent certain digits. Um, and I thought it was like, I thought that was so brilliant. It's like that they trapped themselves in this Roman numeral thing back when Super Bowl four, five, six were all very yeah. human readable. And just hadn't had the foresight to think, hey, we might be in this for decades. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got XXIIV, you know, these crazy sequences. Hey, we'll break the sequence at 50 and then we'll just use numbers. But instead, they went right back to Roman numerals, which it just infuriates me. And it seems that I don't know if you mentioned, I think you might have mentioned this previously. If they had done, gone with X, they would have reset everything and had another nine years of models to go through, like X1, X2, X3, X4. Right. All very neat and tidy and pronounceable. Right. It, was, it would have been very cool. Like the iPhone X2, if they had called yeah. the original iPhone the X, and if they just called this one the X2, that sounds really cool. It yeah. sounds like the, like the way like fighter planes are named or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but no, apparently we've That's got why the we're not in marketing. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We're, we're apparently wrong about that. But there is yeah. w- one thing that uh, both that they don't mention at Nine to Five Mac, and there was a German report in, recently, uh, which did did mention that they might add an S, but that it hadn't yeah. been decided yet, which is crazy. Yeah. It's one of those things that drives me nuts is that at the time, the the date that that was printed by German at Bloomberg, his sources may not know if that was decided, but that decision had, was made months ago at, at the highest levels in product marketing at Apple. Like that decision was is not up in the air right now, <laughs> and it was not up in the air last week. Uh if it's actually I mean, called the iPhone XS, 10S, that decision was set at, at the date that the Bloomberg article was published. 
I mean, I would be shocked if they hadn't discussed it when they named last year's models right. because they know they come in. But they, I mean, theoretically, right. it's possible that you know someone like Phil Schiller could go up and enter a, a name into the machine that right. eventually prints out all the packaging and changes right. mind. But right. uh, it's really in the cycle. Right. But uh, the other thing that German mentioned, and I would like to speculate about, is whether or not the bigger one will also be called Plus, and that that German said that was up in the air. Yeah. I, I I'm thinking it will not be. I don't think they're going to call it the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Plus. I think they're just both going to be called the iPhone XS, and you can get a bigger one or a smaller one. Yeah. Because the middle size one is awkward at that point, too. Right. I think so, too, right? That you, you've got a regular one, and then there's a bigger one. I still think that's plus weird. Plus and plus plus, plus right. and minus. I mean, it just... Well, and as I, I said, I think I mentioned this with Jason on my previous episode, but I, other, the, the one reason I don't think they're going to call this plus is that the plus in previous ones, to me, never only res- referred to the size. Right. It referred to, this, to, the, to the fact that it was superior in several ways. The plus, iPhone 6 plus, I think, I think every, every one of the plus phones, the ones that actually have an official plus in their name, has at least some technical advantages, um, including higher resolution, not just bigger but 3x yeah. retina displays as opposed to 2x although they were sort of like 2.5x because they were downscaling as opposed yeah. to the iPhone 10 which is the first true 3x retina resolution phone but still yeah. i think that the downscaled 3x was still a technical advantage because it still had more actual pixels per inch than mm-hmm. the non plus iPhones yeah. the cameras have always had at least some technical advantage uh, ranging from uh, having optical, optical image, image stabilization. Stable, yeah. The next year, it had optical image stabilization for video, uh, which is arguably yeah. more important. Optical image stabilization in video makes a huge difference for handheld videography, and almost all of iPhone videography is handheld. Yeah. Um, and the, what, the 7 Plus had the... Uh, or the when did they start? Few, yeah, when yeah. The seven they... had the dual camera system, right? And the dual camera system doesn't just give you two focal lengths for completely optical, op, you know, non digitally zoomed imagery. Uh, to date, only dual camera iPhones have offered portrait mode. Yeah, uh, because it uses the dual camera to to you know the, the, the you know. The way that it's hardware versus, you know, merged with software to get the portrait effect is complicated, but it is, does involve versus hard, both hardware and software. And the hardware. Right, like inclu- famously, if you have a Google Pixel phone, you can apply portrait mode. It does, in fact, apply portrait mode afterwards as a filter, but it can't do real time. Like you, you don't see mm. it in the viewfinder because right. it doesn't have the lenses and the silicon to right. do it. Right. So the plus is always referred to a little bit more than just the size. And. From what I've seen, we don't know. I mean, I'll, you know, but everything I've seen is that the two iPhone XS models yeah. will be technically the same. They won't, there won't be any real advantage to the larger one other than the nature of just having a larger display. Yeah. Um, I guess the most akin that, that I can think that would be would be to the iPad Pro, where the, uh, the 10.5-inch iPad Pro and the 12.9-inch iPad Pro are, are technical peers in every way I can think of. Both have yes. true tone. Both have pencil support. If they're not the exact same clock speed, they're close enough? 
yeah, I, th- I think the memory is different, but you need that for the larger display. I right, and that'll be true of the iPhone as well. That right. the RAM will be higher. Right, I don't think you get better any better performance. Like the MacBook Pro yeah. is a, is not as good a comparison because the 15 inch MacBook Pro is is faster uh, than the 13 inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. Um, but it's also it is pretty close on it that you know there's a reason why the 15 inch MacBook Pro doesn't get its own name. It's just the 15 inch <laughs> right MacBook it's, Pro Plus. <laughs> right. It's you know so I I think that the you know I've I've speculated a lot and my guess would have been that this would have been the year where they call them the iPhone Pro. Uh, I can't get over that that they don't. But yeah. Uh, but much like the iPad Pro models and the MacBook Pro models. I think that the iPhone XS will only have one name and you'll just pick a size. So does the other one become iPhone 9 or does it become iPhone That's uh, my guess. 10 minus? Or no, does my become... guess is iPhone 9. My guess yeah. is, and, and it, it, this wasn't revealed. Like, so the leaks are, yeah. were only of the XS and then the watch. Um, but that leaves this mysterious 6.1-inch LCD corner-to-corner around iPhone 10 basically-looking phone. Uh, I I think it's very obvious that they would call it the iPhone nine. It's the the number is just sitting there waiting to be used. They've been upgrading that that phone from the iPhone seven to the eight to the nine every year. Um, I I know like on Twitter I've I've been, I had a very fun debate where Stephen Trotton Smith thinks they will call it the iPhone ten like C or the SE or something yeah. iPhone ten something. Uh, Simply because, because of the design. Simply because the design is is all part of it. But he also is under the impression, and again, I could be wrong. I've been wrong about this whole thing with the X's and 10, so yeah. I could be very wrong. But he seems to be thinking that the X is going to stand around like the X for Mac OS X as a decade-long branding thing, and they'll just increment other things every year. I don't think that's true, especially... Uh, yeah, uh, especially as a Roman numeral. Well, not just that. I just feel like I, I, I just can't see where they would go next year with iPhone X XT. something, you know, yeah, like somebody's throughout T, iPhone 10 T. Uh, again, this would all make a lot more sense if they were pronouncing the X as an X. Yeah. Uh, like I could see that being a decade long thing where they just keep having iPhone X yeah. somethings. And again, just resetting the numbers and doing the X2, the X3, the yeah. X4 sounds cool to me. Uh, I just can't see doing it while you're calling it 10 because that to me makes it sound like you're stuck for years. You're stuck on this. I've, you know, you kept incrementing these numbers and then all of a sudden you're stuck at 10. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 at, th- at this point I wouldn't be shocked if it, you know, the other one was the iPhone 10 C with an X and a C. Uh, and you know, there's precedent for that because of the iPhone five C and the iPhone five C, uh, came in a variety of colors that you know yes. were totally novel uh, compared to what it had become before, and frankly since. And there are rumors that this 6.1-inch iPhone will come in a similar array of colors. Yeah. Um, and the C, obviously, you know, for a colorful model line, it makes some degree of sense, C for color. And I don't know how much they care. I mean, Samsung famously skipped uh, Galaxy, one of the Galaxy Notes, like seven or eight or something, and, and they skipped the number ahead so it would be on the same numbering scheme as iPhone because they didn't want people to go to a store and see like an iPhone 8 and a Galaxy Note 6 or something because right. it would look like they were behind. But it, Samsung's probably going to keep incrementing. So if you had a decade of iPhone 10s and they're going to 11, 12, right. 13, 14, then, you can walk into the store who don't know any better. 
Right. Yeah. So you run into the reverse problem yeah. going head to head against Samsung. Um, so I don't dismiss it. It's what makes for a good debate. You know, yeah. uh, like I don't dismiss the idea of this LCD model being called the XC or the X something. Um, uh, but I don't think so. I think they'll just call it the iPhone nine. Um, because I just don't think, I think being it, 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 it's so far behind the iPhone 10 that as we know it, I meaning the actual 20, you know, the one that's in my pocket right yeah. now from last year, because the iPhone 10 has an OLED display and OLED yes. is truly superior to LCD, richer blacks, but more energy efficient. Can't see it. It is a funny thing. You, you can't show it in an advertisement, right? Like there's yeah. no way on a, a, a TV advertisement to show how an OLED is better than an LCD because the TV itself is either an LCD or an OLED, right? Yeah. So you can't show that, or, you know, or in my personal case, it's a plasma screen. So now you're, you're mixing up three technologies. Uh, you, but they do need something because it's going to be bigger than the normal sized iPhone 10 S and you do need something to indicate that it's a lower tier product. Right. It's not a, a higher tier product and both nine and C might be able to do that. Right. Nine I think, especially, I think nine, well, I don't know if C would do that though. If it's called iPhone 10 C and iPhone 10 S and it's midsize, I don't know. I don't know how a typical consumer would come in yeah. and just say and, and see this as a $200 lesser phone. I mean, I'm presuming it'll be like an $800 starting point and a thousand dollar starting point for the iPhone 10 S. I just don't see how, if you call it the 10, anything that comes across and then, you know, it's not like, Oh, poor Apple, uh, pity them. Tens and tens of millions of people are buying the $800 new iPhone instead of the thousand dollar new iPhone. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like they're giving these things away versus selling the iPhone 10. I mean, it's still a very expensive phone. It used to be the highest, you know, that until last year, it was the highest priced phones that they sold. I expect them to be at the same pricing tier, but I, that doesn't really make a lot of strategic yeah. sense to me. And everybody knows or follows it that the iPhone 10s commercial success significantly raised the average selling price of iPhones this year, yeah. which is sort of unprecedented you know, for a 10 year old computing platform, like prices tend to inexorably tend to go down over time in the computer industry. And they've certainly gone down, um, for all, all of Apple's competitors in the Android space. Um, and the iPhone 10 was such a spectacular hit and so much more expensive than previous iPhones that it significantly raised the average selling price of an iPhone. And again, I don't think that the iPhone, the 6.1 inch one, the one that I'll call the iPhone nine. I don't think Apple has like crippled it in any way um, yeah. to, to drive this. I think if anything, going to this corner to corner, edge to edge notch display and the no home button thing, as opposed to staying with the iPhone eight classic, you know, front face technology that they're being aggressive about moving this stuff, you know, like face ID to the, second tier um yes but i can't help but feel though that calling it iphone 9 versus the iphone 10s wouldn't make make much more clear that it's one click below just because yes. the number's one click below yeah no absolutely uh so that's my guess my guess is just the most obvious thing in the world which is that this phone that phone will be called the iphone 9 
Everyone in Germany will be so confused. And they'll say, <laughs> you know, I could see it. Like, uh, I, I could, I, I'm not quite sure what order they would come out in the keynote. Yeah. Uh, which, what do you think? I, I kind of think you, you would do the iPhone nine first. Yeah. They did C before they did five S did they? I see. And, I don't remember yeah. that. It yeah, makes sense. Tim Cook came out and said that the, the iPhone business is so big now, it's expanding, that for the first time they're going to do not one but two new iPhones, and the first one is the 5C. Yeah, so my guess is, uh, I, I guess it would be Phil Schiller, because he's done every iPhone, he's done the, the introduction for every single iPhone other than the ones that were introduced by Steve Jobs. Yes. Um, the only two people who've ever introduced new iPhone hardware have been Steve Jobs and Phil Schiller. And Phil, because of if you, it, it, historically you think about it, you think you know Jobs did all the first ones, and then you know ever since he died, Phil's done these, and he filled in when when Steve was sick. But Steve was ill for a couple of years. Like yep. uh, I don't have a thing in front of me, but I I think that I think that Steve only introduced the iPhone, the three G. I know that the three GS was a Schiller year. Because the uh, four was Steve because he did the whole camera thing, right? And the four S was the one that was introduced yeah. days before he died. Yeah. Um. So it was only only three of them, right? Yeah. The only three, the only three phones Steve Jobs introduced: the iPhone, three G, and then the four. And I do remember yeah. that with the four, the, and it was the last one at uh, WWDC. Yeah, it was turn off your MiFi for the FaceTime. <laughs> unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, these bloggers won't turn off their MiFi's, but we'll just keep going. Uh, so I can see Phil on stage. I, I would think my gut tells me that you do the nine first. And my yeah. guess is that the narrative would be something of along the lines of last year, we introduced the iPhone 10 as, you know, the iPhone of the future, um, you know, ahead of years ahead of its time. And we introduced this beautiful corner-to-corner display. We introduced Face ID, uh, these new gestures that replace the home button. And, you know, here they are in the iPhone 9, you know. Yeah, this year we bring it to everybody. Right. And so, you know, you don't say, you don't have to even mention that it's not an OLED screen. You mentioned that the the innovation was going edge-to-edge with the round corners, with Face ID, uh, the gestures uh, for navigating... And, and rumor get, has it it's that fancy new LG display anyway that's 100% DCI-P3 and, you know, as, basically as good as LCD can get. So that's great, right? Then there's yeah. things they can, bra- they can brag that the display is good or yeah. great even. You know, maybe not the best, but it is great. The yeah. best LCD display we've ever had in an iPhone. There you go. I could even see them yeah. saying that. Uh, best LCD. Yeah, I could see that. And and the, the specific points like the, the color spectrum yeah. and... Maybe True Tone. I hope I would be nice yeah. if it got True Tone. That would be great. Uh, but I guess main... at that point it's just figuring out the price point they want to sell it at, then how many features right. they can include at that price right. point. Well, they we we seem to know from the it, the leaks uh, that it doesn't have a dual camera design; it has a single yes. camera. Um, whether that's accurate or not, I can't say because there's there certainly it seems like there's also fewer leaks about this phone. Yeah, but I would guess it has a single camera design. Uh, and that that would be a significant way that they would differentiate both differentiate mm-hmm. it and keep the component prices down. 
And I think it's the size has confused some people because especially here we conflate uh, the size with the price. Like SE was smaller and famously right. cheaper. But in a lot of markets, emerging markets and Asian markets, uh, the iPhone is a primary computing device and people want and need it to be as big as possible. Right. So the combination of a lower price iPhone that's also a big iPhone is going to be hugely appealing in the right. markets that Apple really wants to hit right. hard this year. Oh, and they can also say it is the largest uh, LCD iPhone. Yes. Well, hmm. They could also say if they introduce it first, it's the largest screen we've ever had on an iPhone. And they can make a comparison to the plus sized like iPhone 8 and say yeah. it has here's how much more area it has even than the plus sized uh iPhones of the past. Uh I hoping it has. I don't I don't I don't even know what the supply chain leaks say, but I'm hoping it has a true 3x retina display as opposed to a scaled down retina display. I think it's 2x. I think that's one oh. of the ways it's also differentiated okay. and, and lower cost. Oh, that could be possible. Uh yeah, yeah that's a, that's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That actually would. Yeah, now that I think about it, do, going two X, even though it's larger, could make sense. Um, uh, and then you know, having colorful color options and saying, "Look, you know, we've got all this stuff." I, I I could just see that happening. It seems like a very natural way to do it. And then you move on to the iPhone XS and say, you know, you know, here's the you know here's the big boy. Yeah, totally. Uh, let me think. What else? Anything else on the name? I'm thinking iPhone nine, iPhone ten S. That's my bet. Yeah, I, I the the ten X thing is going to bug me for the next years. I just have to get used to it. It is definitely going to bug me as well. Uh, and I can't even. I've already lost count of how many times on this episode I've already said X. Where I I don't even know what to say because I want I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to confuse people. You know. Cause no, I, but I find like I can say 10 when I'm just saying it, but if I ever see it written down, I start to right. tend towards X because exactly. I like the X-Men. Everything is X. Yeah, I read it that way. It's easier yeah. for me to write it consistently. I, it's yes. always been to write iPhone space capital X. I, I never, there's no reason to be confused. I, I see it. It's a very, I'm a, yes. just, uh, it's the podcast thing, speaking about it, where it, it trips me up. All right, that yeah. brings up one more thing, though, on naming, I guess, is given that we know quote-unquote no iphone <laughs> xs uh pronounced 10s and presumably iphone 9 um where do they go next year because that's one of the other reasons last yeah. year i thought there's no way they're going to pronounce this the 10 because they're going to run you know you run into problems next year it'll be an actual like arabic 10 iphone is one zero and then iphone xt pronounced well i can't believe i really really, and again i might be just overly personally biased against roman numerals i cannot believe that they would ever go to 11 using the x in the i yeah i really can't i i really do feel that part of the reason apple seemingly has this marketing infatuation with the letter x is that x is the coolest letter in the alphabet and even if they're going to call it mac os 10 and iphone 10 they they just like the way they also like the way it looked visually to spell it with a capital x um same thing with xcode right xcode just sounds like a cool app yep um i i I just can't I, i feel like you lose that coolness if you go to xi for 11 yep um but does it make any sense to go to iPhone one one next year? And then where goes the middle range? I guess you can have a nine S year. But the new you, iPhone. You, you eventually so you could go next year and have an iPhone eleven, 
in two sizes at the high end and an iPhone yeah. 9S at yeah. the $800 level. But then the next year, you're definitely run out of space. Yeah, you're, you're buying time. You're never fixing the problem. Right. And I heard, uh, at least somewhere on Twitter, I saw somebody speculating that they could just keep moving the high-end model up and then they could move the middle range one and use reuse 10 again, but spell it with the one and a zero yeah. because they never used it before. But you, I don't think you could do that. No, I mean, that, you can do, I guess you can do anything and they could call it the, you know, iPhone poop emoji. Like, yeah. Like I said, iPhone mother of dragons, whatever right. they want, they can call it. But. <laughs> I just, like, I just, you start using emoji in the names, yeah. <laughs> you know, iPhone martini glass. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, they could do anything they wanted to, but I just don't see, they can't reuse 10, two years later with one zero and, and have anybody be able to speak about it coherently. Meanwhile, the marketing team is listening to this with a glass yes. of champagne well, and just exa- laughing. <laughs> well, exactly. <'cause> they <laughs> oh, know. John, we can do a lot of things. But I just, I, I can't, and again, I could be wrong. And, you know, seven years from now, we'll be talking about the iPhone 17, but yes. Uh, I really do feel like they've got to stop numbering them eventually because it just starts it, it, like the it, Super Bowl. Yeah, really. Yeah, it just starts blurring. It doesn't seem as distinctive, you know, um, year over year as an upgrade. And so I'll stick with my theory that eventually they'll go iPhone and iPhone Pro uh, and next year would make perfect sense. Uh, I guess. Even the, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. I guess the one thing that wouldn't make sense about doing it this year is if they know that the iPhone XS is going to look form factor wise the same as the iPhone 10. It doesn't make sense to make such a big naming difference year after year for two phones that are visually in certain colors, at least are visually indistinguishable. Yeah. Um, that they would say if someday, you know, and I feel like Gene Munster talking about Apple TV, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like I feel like what the Apple TV was Apple making a TV set to Gene Munster is me thinking that this is the year Apple's going to call the high-end phone the iPhone Pro. I get it. Well, I mean, they did it with the like the iPad had the 9.7 Pro and the 12.9 Pro and the 9.7 non-Pro. And yeah. then, they, then they changed it to the 10.5 and the right. 9.7 just became iPad. Yeah. And the iPad Pro was just iPad Pro. <laughs> right. That's exactly, you know, I, I saw them do that and I was like, yes, yeah. that makes perfect sense. That's really kind of brilliant. Uh and, it, you know, it's a sort of thing that takes, you know, like maybe 18 months to roll out and completely make sense across the line. And the second generation 12.9 wasn't even 12.9 Mark II. It was nope. just they didn't add anything to that. It was name. just the new yeah. iPad Pro, just, you know, new iPad yeah. Pro. Um, yeah. It's uh, so like, uh, I don't know. So I guess is next year would be the year where they'll have a new form factor at the high end and call it iPhone Pro. But uh, Again, anybody who's been betting along with me on that is is very sorry. Very sorry. <laughs> uh, All right, let me take another break here and thank our friends at Squarespace, and we'll talk about Apple Watch um, and what we've interesting things we've learned this week. Um, look, Squarespace has been sponsoring this podcast for as long as I can remember, and their service, what they provide, keeps getting better and better. You go to Squarespace when you need a new website. You can do everything from register a domain to start with a template, to modify the template, to create a custom design, put your own logo in there, to add the functionality that you need for your site, whether it's a store with a complete commerce thing taken care of by Squarespace with credit card processing, all that sort of stuff, um, to a blog, to hosting 
a podcast to having a site that has multiple of these things, like a site that has both a store, a blog, and a podcast all on one site. Squarespace can help you do it. They take care of it all. It's all very visual. You don't need to know any sort of coding. You don't have to know HTML. You don't have to be able to program JavaScript. You don't have to know CSS to do the design. If you do know those things, if you are technically adept, can do it. You can get in there and do the things you want to do with the code. So you can do it if you want. You don't have to ever see it if you don't want to. Uh, and they offer truly award-winning technical support over the phone whenever you need it, 24 hours a day. It's a great service. I'll just say what I always say. Next time you need a website or somebody you know needs a website and comes to you for help, send them to Squarespace. Go to Squarespace and get started. Um, here's what you do. Go to squarespace.com. Enter the offer code TALKSHOW, just TALKSHOW, at checkout, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. Even if you purchase an entire year in advance, you can save 10%. My thanks to Squarespace for their continuing support of the talk show. All right. So the Apple watch. Yeah. Very, Series very, four. Can we agree on that name? At least? I, I, that's one thing that is very nice about the Apple watch is their naming scheme is very predictable and very, uh, to me, it works very well. I think there's... Although, what are they, they going to name the new Series 1? Because, I mean, we, there's always an issue. Uh, which, what would be the new Series 1? Well, I'm which is sure. a Series 3 become less expensive and they'll keep the names... Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what they'll do. I think they'll yeah. keep the Series 3 and just make it more expensive. Or, or, yeah. or lower the price, less, I mean, make yeah. it less expensive. Yeah, I think it's very obvious that they would keep just keep the Series 3. Um, and I think it was probably designed with that in mind. Yeah. I think that it's the, I don't think you have to have any inside information at all to just speculate that first generation products are very, very difficult. Uh, always come up with unforeseen difficulties. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that the original Apple watch, the AKA, you know, not officially named, but as we call it the series zero, um, didn't stick around and was instead yeah. replaced with the series, what they called the series one, even though it came out alongside generation two and even had the two system on a chip. Yeah. Um, is unsurprising. Um, same way that the original iPhone was the only one for years and years that didn't stick around for a second year at a lower price. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I think by the time they got to series three, they, they felt pretty, you know, I think that they had the, you know, they, they knew both. This would be a great new high end, you know, model year. And this is something that a year from now we can definitely sell for $50 less. Yeah. You know, and just has all sorts of nice things like the water resistance and uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I think the name will be series four. I, I can't, I'd be, I'd, uh, I'd be absolutely flabbergasted if it weren't. Cause it's obvious, uh, don't series just... 3s <laughs> jesus uh as rumored uh you know the display is larger and or yeah. you know it probably i'm guessing that corner to corner you know or, or top to bottom it's still 42 and 38 millimeters i think apple likes those sizes i think that they are um they are good in and of themselves and watches are very different than phones. Like watches aren't, you know, going to get bigger the way phones have gotten bigger. 
Uh, it's an interesting juxtaposition because if they over the last let's say thirteen months they've been deleting bezels and on the phone they put a bigger screen into a effectively, you know, the same size casing as right. the, sorry, the plus size screen into the effectively non plus size phone. With the Apple Watch, they're putting a bigger screen into the same casing. And with the iPad, they're putting smaller casing around the same size screen. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, and it's not like the uh, original or the first three generations of Apple Watch have had exceedingly large bezels, but you know, they're there. Uh, and it just, you know, it, this it was like a black ring that nobody could complete. And right. now it's gone. Um, <laughs> well, and the other neat thing about it is that uh, it's always been the case with every Apple Watch is that you know these are the first products where Apple used OLED screens. Yep. And the the very rich blacks of OLED made that bezel seem not like a, something separate from the display yes. or surrounding the display, but that you just sort of lost the difference between where the screen ends and the bezel begins. Yeah, and that was physically the biggest display they could put in the Apple Watch at the time. Right. Uh, so the rumor all year has been that the new Series 4 would have a larger display uh, that it combined with shrunk bezels, meaning that the case would stay either the same or roughly the same size. And just more of the black that you see within the metal frame is actually taken up by a usable display uh, than before. Yep. And this image that nine to five Mac obtained, can I just say this the other day? I don't blame nine to five Mac for watermarking these images. Uh, um, I get it. I get, you know, it, it, I don't, I, I don't post images typically to daring fireball. Most websites do post images and liberally <laughs> borrow <laughs> exclusive images yeah. from other sites. So I totally get it that in the racket of, of posting images, you know, that you'd want to watermark it so that everybody who publishes, republishes the image has to publish your website's name along with the images. But along the lines of maybe Apple did this deliberately, <laughs> like I'm looking at this image as, as we speak. If anybody out there is listening and still thinks Apple, you know, like Phil Schiller and Greg Joswiak got together and said, let's, let's get people excited and give them a sneak peek at the new Apple watch. That the first time that any of them would see it would include a very large nine to five Mac logo that obscures part, part of the yeah. image. Yeah. I, I, to me, that might be the single best ex, <laughs> single best explanation of like why this is qualifier deliberately. Yeah. Um, so what we see, we see a gold, or uh, yeah, I guess that's gold, not rose gold, right? Yeah. Gold. Yeah, it looks gold to me. Gold aluminum. Uh, Apple Watch, uh, seemingly with a sort of a top band, like a tan, yeah. like an off-white band. Um, the the watch itself definitely looks thinner to me. It's very hard to tell from an image. I mean, yes. the, the, the display obviously takes up a significantly larger portion of the front face. There's no doubt that this display t is bigger corner to corner than any previous iPhone or Apple Watch. Um, but it also looks thinner to me. It looks like a thinner device. Now that could be just flattering product photography, but, and, and well, you, you know, don't see the sensor bump on the back, which right. you, know, you never know how thick that is. Right. And that is how the Apple watch got thicker with the series three yeah. is, is that the sensor array actually protrude protrudes slightly more. It, 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 
I, I think Jeff Williams, when he said so, might have even said it was less than a single millimeter, which yeah. is pretty small. But I can, uh, on, as a picky person and longtime watch wearer, I can tell that my Series 3 Apple Watch is a little bit more off my wrist than previous yeah. Apple Watches, even if it's a, fra- a fraction of a millimeter. Uh, when you're talking about devices that are only... And, and this is very typical for the watch, you know, the entire watch world, you know, devices that seem, seem to range from, you know, like 12, 13, 14 millimeters. Um, it makes a difference. Like a, a, just not even talking Apple watches, but just a watch that's 12 millimeters thick often feels much less chunky on your wrist than a 14 millimeter watch. Even just if look at 38 versus 42 millimeters doesn't sound like a lot, but when you see right. it on the watch, it's a lot because right. it's so small. Right. So that's one area where I think that the Apple Watch, as um, uh, as Apple continue, you know, it, it's so good at miniaturizing what it's done. I mean, I truly, I've said this before, but I tr- truly think that the one thing Apple, modern Apple, has done that they don't get enough credit for is that they are better at miniaturizing computers uh, than any company in the history yeah. of the world. They, you know, they just everything from uh, AirPods as being mini iOS devices that live in your ears to, yep. um, you know, and the tremendous battery life they get out of AirPods to Apple watch, you know, it, it, every year after year, the Apple watch has gotten significantly better. And it's just, just as a computing device, just totally nerding out and looking at this as a little tiny Unix computer with a display that <laughs> lives on your wrist. It's truly amazing how much they've yep. gotten it better year after year. But at a certain point, it's like the watch is unique in that you don't really want to go bigger. Like the fact that the Apple watch is as small as it is compared to competition from companies like Samsung has been a feather in its cap and a reason it's so popular, but you also don't really want to go smaller in terms of uh, the face size. You know, like if Apple in theory could make an Apple watch 34 millimeters big, technically that might not be appealing to many people because it's actually too small. And only Schwarzenegger wants 48 millimeters. Right. You want to balance <laughs> this combination of the aesthetics of what it looks like as a piece of jewelry on your wrist combined with yeah. the um, ability to see as much information as you can looking at it as a computer display. And you have battery budget. You know, like some people really want it to be thinner, but then you're spending your battery budget on removing battery to keep the same features right. where other people would like an always-on display or the ability to run real UI kit apps, which would cost battery right. and wouldn't let them get rid of it. So you have all these things you have to balance. Right. There's a, a ton of things to balance. But two things that are very obvious is that being able to put a larger corner-to-corner display within the same area yeah. would be a win like a win in every regard, like yep. I guess with the possible exception of battery life. But if your battery life has gotten better enough that you can support it, it's just, that's just a great idea. And then making the whole device thinner would be great. There's no doubt that a, a slightly thinner Apple watch would be better. I think almost everybody would agree. So would you prefer a slightly thinner watch or an always on display if they had the same battery cost? Uh, probably the always on display. Yeah, because I because I, <laughs> I will say that the S three the series three while I do think I noticed that it's thicker I have never thought Apple Watch was too thick yeah including the thickest ever which was the series three so I would definitely say always on display yeah me too uh, I I still miss that me too uh, I just ran into it the other day I was carrying two beverages one for me one for my wife and 
like one in each hand. And there's, there was just no way to get yep. my watch to show the time. And I really wanted to know the time very badly. Right. And if you turn your wrist, you spill the drink. Right. If you try to, I mean, like, it's just no win. And it was too filled to the brim. Um, <laughs> Uh, I forget if it was iced tea or coffee, but some kind of, it wasn't water. So they were filled to the brim and just had like lids. So I also couldn't, and I had like a nice white shirt on. I couldn't just hug the other one in my right hand because it would have gotten, you know, some brown beverage on my white shirt. So I had no, I just had no way to check, check the time. Whereas if I was wearing any of my other watches, I would have been able to glance at the wrist and see the time. Absolutely. So, So I would pick that. But anyway, this does look thinner. I'm not surprised yeah. that if it is thinner. Uh, and again, when they're on stage and tell you how much thinner it is, that number may not sound impressive. Like, I don't know if it's one millimeter thinner or something. Um, but it, that a one millimeter thinner Apple Watch could actually in practice be actually pretty, pretty significantly noticeably. Yeah. Wow, I didn't expect this to be so much thinner and thinner. And for some people, it's just a matter of it fitting under the cuff of their shirt or not fitting, which yep. is a big deal for them. That is absolutely. And, and it really is in the watch world. That is actually, you know, that is like just about every review I ever see of a watch, like a Hodinkee or a site like that, usually mentions, I guess, you know, how it fits under the cuff, like a, a, a sleeve cuff is actually absolutely what people talk about. Uh, and the other big form factor change, I'll let you say it, on the digital I, crown... Yeah, this look well. There's the microphone, which I think is just a small one, but it'll aid with its noise canceling and Siri reception. But yeah, the digital crown went from being all red to being a thin red line. Yeah, so I'm presuming here, but uh, on last year's when a series three, the uh, the side of the digital crown, the part that your finger, if you're going to press the digital crown in, on the cellular models, no matter what color watch you have, it's red, and if it's not a cellular watch, then it's black. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, all the other ones. Well, I guess the gold edition had a red uh, dot. They matched, right? I think they matched the color of the band that it came with. It oh, black. Right. I forget. Right. So yeah. the ones that came with the red band had a red dot. Um, I have to tell you, I, I still, and again, you know, we were talking about names being, yeah. into, you know, inscrutable. I, I found that I still think, I still cannot believe that they put a red dot on every Apple Watch that has cellular networking. It, so you, it makes, you, people would know that you'd had the new watch, John. Well, yeah, but who gives a shit? It, it clashes yeah. with so many bands and watch yeah. faces. Like, so I, right now I have my watch on and I have the, I forget which one, but it's from the original year of the uh, nylon Okay. Straps. The the one that's closest to black, just a dark gray yeah. nylon strap, which is my favorite Apple Watch strap ever made. And I'm using the uh uh the Explorer watch face, the one that yeah. uh, has red hands. And so it Exclusive actually looks great with the red dot. Yeah. Um but there are other watch straps in other colors that just don't go with the color red and there's, you know, this, Dozens. There's like twenty some different colors of watch faces uh, that you can configure. Most of which don't go well with red. I, I, it's always been very baffling to me. So this yeah. new one, instead of having an entire red dot, I'm guessing that this is a cellular model, and this there's just a red ring around the outside of it. Yeah. I still don't get why it's red, frankly, but it's so much more subtle um, that I can accept it. 
I, I think it's funny because is... the Pixel, uh, the Pixel Two has a red power button, and people just went gaga over it. And to me, it was the same thing as the red crown. I just don't mm. want them to pre-choose colors. Right, the and then the, the center of the crown inside the red ring is also gold, which yeah. is new. Like previously, uh, it was either black or red. It wasn't the color of the actual watch. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice the microphone underneath the digital crown, so that's new. I wonder if that means yeah. it might have always on Hey Siri. It, I believe it does. Well, it does because it, it picks up on the raising of your wrist, but you don't have to say the words anymore. It, it's just with iOS five, it just goes when you when it detects right. the movement and your voice. Yeah, so maybe that would be the solution to my getting the time when it's when I'm carrying two beverages. <laughs> yeah, you have to actually talk to your watch. Yeah, you have to talk to your watch <laughs> without pressing a, a button. Yeah. Um, so the form factor is exciting. Uh, I think it looks great. I think it definitely, you know, and it's, it's clearly, you know, a, a derivative of the original Apple watch design. Um, but I think in a very good way. And I think, I think in a way that the Apple watch starting with the original form factor was sort of a, a reduction of Apple's modern design mm-hmm. ethos. You know, I don't know how much you want to credit to Johnny Ive personally, uh, I'm sh- I would guess Johnny Ive personally would not want to take too much individual credit for it. I think the whole team sort of shares this, the aesthetic, but you know, round rectangles, round corners, capsule shapes. That yep. uh, th- th- they reduced it to a, it, it. It's a minimal amount of area. You know, a watch is so small that uh, you know. I, I think they nailed it right from the beginning. That they have sort of like, and they came up with an iconic basic idea right away that they could i really do mean this i think that they could stick with for well over a decade i mean it's the watch that steve jobs has in that photo and that princess leia is wearing return of the jedi so you can't go wrong right like i could honestly (laughs) see like 15 years from now a new apple watch that is very obviously derived from from the designs we're already familiar with um, and when you look, there's a whole bunch of new Android. No, they don't call it Android Watch. What is, I forget what they call it, Watch OS or something. Right. Watch yeah, something. They, I forget what Google calls it. But there's a bunch of new round ones that came out. And you see when they go through the interface that it just cuts off all the text all the time yeah. as you're panning through it. Yeah. I know that it, it, there's a certain number of people who have always not liked that uh, Apple Watch is fundamentally a rectangular display they want a round watch they think round watches look better and there's tons of competing smartwatches that are around but old um, phones look like bananas i mean right. there's a difference when a phone when it becomes a computational product right i i i feel and i'm a person i typically almost always use an analog style apple watch face yes um like i said i'm using the explorer one now the one i use most often is utility but you can put a round watch face on a rectangular watch and it works to me it works very well aesthetically but you can't display rectangular data on a round watch you and have it look anything other than awful in my opinion and there's a lot of a lot of the watch faces that apple watch offers are fundamentally rectangular and um a lot of the other things you do on Apple Watch want to naturally want to present their data to you on a rectangular scrollable display. 
Yeah, it just makes sense because it's almost like you have center vision and peripheral vision and a lot of the complications. And now, like with this screenshot, the super complications, right. those that get to exist in the periphery where if it was a round face, you'd lose the benefit yep. of having all that extra data. Yep. And that is a perfect segue to the discussion of this watch face that we see in this screenshot, which to me is the single biggest and most intriguing leak of the the whole you know, duopoly of the told two scoops, the nine to five Mac had, right? Because like I said, just to recap, we knew the two sizes of the iPhone XS. Uh, We knew that they were going to have gold. And I think the most easily guessable gold, given that it would be stainless steel would be this very gold finger, gold, Hmm. gold, right? Shiny, blingy gold. C3PO gold. Right. So really the biggest thing from the iPhone X leak is the name of iPhone XS. Um, So with the watch, the fact that the display is bigger was rumored because uh, apparently the display industry is the absolute leakiest <laughs> in the entire world. The fact that it looks like it's thinner seems like a very obvious thing for Apple to do, whether it was rumored or not. It just it seems like a very obvious idea. Uh, even the fact that they don't use an entire red circle for the inside of the crown seems like an obvious idea because it was a <laughs> terrible idea in the first place. That But then this watch face is like, wow. <laughs> it really is to me. Yeah, no. I mean, like there's like nine complications. You've got four in each corner, four in the center, and then one in the actual time scale right. around the, the right. hands. And so in the watch world, if you don't count, and technically speaking, the hour, minutes, and seconds count as complications. Like in the yeah. watch world, this word complication, which I know – uh, some people who don't don't care about watches in general either find confusing or they find downright annoying or they find baffling because they think complication sounds like a bad thing, not a good thing. Yeah. But it, Apple's borrowed this word, word from the watch world. And in the watch world, complication equates to what we in the computer world call features. So if, yeah. if it is something your watch can do, it's a complication. An hour, minute, and second count as complications. Like, so a simple watch that only tells you the hour and the minute adds two complications, hour and minute. And then if you add a second hand, it's a third complication, but let's, we won't count that. Let's say we don't count hour, minute, second. It's got nine complications. Yeah. 10, if you count Wednesday as different than the 23rd. Yeah. And in the watch yeah. world, that would definitely count as two complications. So that's 10. And they're also more informational. Like you have a stopwatch with the time that's left. You have the temperature, which the temperature gauge, UV with the UV index. You have the sunset with the time that it's, the sun rises and sets. You know, it's just so much information. There's so much data contained in this watch face. Yeah. Uh, it's somewhat annoying to me when, when I'm using a stopwatch and I want to just keep my regular watch up. But if the stopwatch is running and you raise your wrist and it shows you the actual stopwatch app. Um, yeah. So hopefully they're moving away from that. But yeah, so it's got a stopwatch that shows you, or is it a stopwatch or a timer? Oh, maybe it's a timer, yeah. Because it looks like it might be counting down. I don't know. Um, But either way, it's either a stopwatch or a timer, and it shows you how much time is left, and there's like a little bar showing you, you know, like a thing. It's almost like Tufty-esque, right? Like on on the informational data displays, how you can put large amounts of density without without making it non-parsable to the human mind. And this seems like they really took a page out of that book. It is truly fascinating from a design perspective. It, it is also, to me, the most Apple watchy looking watch face I've seen yet. I don't know that I personally will use this watch face. It, it might be, uh, I'm a so bit of colors. a minimalist. Like <laughs> yeah, I, so many colors. I often use the utility with just the date 
like Saturday the first showing in the traditional three o'clock thing and the temperature in a corner and I leave the other three corners empty. Um, just because I like, I just like the way it looks. Um, but it is fascinating to me, you know, uh, I was talking to Panzerino and, uh, Matthew Panzerino about this and he, he really loves it. And he compared it to, um, Iron Man's yeah. HUD display that you sometimes see from Tony Spark Stark's perspective in the Iron Man slash Avengers movies. Um, which if you ever freeze frame and just really, really look at yeah. them, they put an enormous amount of thought into, right? It's not just like, even if it's only up for like a second, it's, it, 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 there's like a real logic and it's like, oh, that's, oh, that's really cool stuff. You know, that's all there available in his line of sight. Yeah. It's just so like, this to me is like the dashboard. If I want to see maximum information at a glance, I would use this. And, or maybe when you're working out and you just want a ton of different stuff or you're traveling and you want a bunch of information and you could swipe to something way simpler if you just want to relax and kick around uh, and that's what I like about this kind of watch too, is that you can have a workout phase, a travel phase, a casual phase. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm at work and I need to keep track of all my meetings phase. And yeah, but this, this just keep going. This, well, and and putting the meet, you know, your next appointment, your next calendar appointment on the hour hand circular diameter of the watch face is really clever. I, I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why. That wasn't thought of before. Like, and is it, it at the top because it's twelve p.m. And if it was at six p.m., would it be on the bottom? I just have so many questions. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why it's at the top instead of the bottom, but that would, it's kind of interesting if that's the explanation. Yeah. Like that did occur to me, and it, it and I thought it would look better at the bottom, but I don't know. But because it's curved, it get, lets you put way more characters on yep. in the string than if it went straight across. Um, I love this temperature complication yeah. it doesn't just tell you the current complication but shows you the daily high and low for the day and includes a dot for where the current temperature is on yeah. that scale um there's a uvi index right yeah. that's the ultraviolet you know that lets you know if you should be wearing sunscreen i guess or not um which I can only presume comes from some kind of online weather source is yeah. not, you know, like somebody on Twitter was speculating that maybe it had the watch has a UV sensor because there's a, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but there's a company like L'Oreal or somebody who's come out with a thing um, that you can put on a fingernail that would show the UV index so that somebody who's wearing this would know whether they, you know, need sunscreen or not, which is interesting, but if it's actually based on a sensor, then it wouldn't give you any useful information while you're indoors, which is typically also when you would need yeah. to put the sunscreen on. Um, like once you're outside in the sunshine, it's a little too late. So I'm just gonna, it seems pretty obvious it would come in the same way that the temperature doesn't come from a thermometer on the watch. It comes from a weather service. Yeah, and, and luckily it doesn't annoyingly tell you that weather service every time you ask like HomePod. Yeah, and then in the center as the date at the top, when both the day of the week and yep. the date uh, has an iTunes controller, a music controller. It has, of course, your activity rings over at the three o'clock side, and then it has a uh, uh, planet well, I, Earth. Yeah, that's not the moon phase, right? It's Earth. No, I don't think so. I was so. thinking moon phase at first, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. But yeah, and I, I love that they've made the watch face into a full fledged launcher because right. um, the carousel never really made sense at watch scale, and it's just so much better to put the stuff that you really need up front and center just to tap away. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I'm hoping they're going. I, I'm hoping that that's exactly where, where they're going. You know that. So instead of if I'm listening to music, having you know the now playing come by default every time I look at my wrist, just make it easy for me to go from my regular watch face to a nice tappable target to jump to now playing if I really want to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, terribly exciting stuff and very very thoughtful. Again, is it too many colors for me personally? Maybe, but I don't think it's aesthetically displeasing. I think it's actually a very, very uh, comely watch face. I really think it looks very, very cool. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. And also, this is only one watch face. I would love to see how this approach pertains to mm-hmm. so many other watch faces that they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it seems like it would be obvious for certain faces like... Um, like Siri, like the Siri watch face, yeah. which they would just put, you'd just be able to see more of it, the scrollable content on the face at a time. Um, um, and modular would be great for people who don't like analog faces. Yeah, well, that modular seems interesting to me because think about how much more information rich yes. that one could get or, or presumably will get. Um, and that is, you know, it, it's, I see people with that face all the time. It's obviously a very popular face. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people who just don't like analog time, uh, and it's a great, great digital watch face. Um, but just thinking, looking at how much more information rich this watch face is for an analog watch face, yeah. uh, boy, modular could get really, really information rich. And if they could figure out how to make the photo face just much more complicated too, then you it would be a lot of mm-hmm. the customization requests would just go out the window. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because I could just put super. I could put like the original Superman art on there <laughs> and just have my Superman watch. Uh, so this is terribly exciting, and I can't help but think that this the the, the inclusion of this watch face in the leak is the single most crushing disappointment yeah. on the team because this is. Uh, it, this would have been a huge surprise. Yeah, it would have been a showstopper, like huge applause. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, poor Kevin Lynch. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Actually, I don't them, know I mean, if it would have been Kevin Lynch or Jeff Williams who yeah. would be up there when this slide comes on. But probably uh, Jeff. I mean, Kevin does a dub dub. Yeah, I guess you're right. Think, Kevin does the dub dub, yeah. and uh, in the way that the Craig does the iOS, you know, the OS yeah. one. Like he might come out to demo it after right. Jeff introduces yeah. it, but I think yeah. Jeff introduces it. Yeah, I think so too. You're right. Yeah, I think this would have been, or it still will be shown in, yeah. in the Jeff Williams thing. Like if this exact image was intended as a slide, I don't, I don't think that Apple doesn't use it just because it leaked. I think they, no. they just yeah. bite the bullet and pretend that the leak never happened and charge full, full steam ahead. Well, I mean, remember Steve famously going, you might've seen the iPhone four before. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that was the iPhone four, which leaked. I mean, that's hard to even call that again. Hard to call that a leak. The one, yeah. you know, the the phone that uh, some poor engineer who was field testing it inadvertently left in a, a restaurant and was picked up by some unscrupulous people who sold it to Gizmodo, yeah. um, who then leaked it was truly still to this date the biggest leak in yeah. Apple history or it, it, again not like a leak in terms of it being deliberate but just a secret reveal information publicly. that got out yeah uh, and it's actually hard to imagine anything anything of that magnitude again and yeah, like and, unless a series 4 watch was left on a bar stool even the series 4 watch to me wouldn't have been as big a leak as yeah, the iPhone 4 just because the iPhone 4 was so much different yeah than the iPhone 3GS. The only thing yeah. I can imagine that would be compared 
is if somebody gets a photo of like the car, you know, like get, at some point before it's officially un- unveiled. Someone I, I leaves an Apple car at the Tesla <laughs> yeah, charging yeah. station. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somebody leaves leaves it in with the with the keys in the yeah. ignition. I'm sure it won't have keys and it won't have an ignition, but it, you know, effectively, so that somebody could drive off in the Apple car prototype. <laughs> It's really hard to imagine. It really is. Because a yeah. car, again, it, I, I propose it as a sort of jokey example, but a car can't be left behind and can't be field tested yeah. secretly, you know, in the way that an iPhone can be put in a case and left, you know. Well, just last week, right, the Nissan Leaf rear-ended or something, one of the Apple autonomous testing cars. Oh, really? It has I didn't to be see reported. That. Yeah, it had to be reported to the DMV. So Mac Rumors found the DMV listing where the Apple car was uh, was in autonomous mode going about one kilometer an hour waiting to merge onto a, a road and at least on leaf hit it and it wasn't the apple car's fault at all it was right. human error right but even that's not as big it's not a leak because it's not no, like not at all the apple's it's testing it, autonomous cars are apple it's an Alex, cars. It's, yeah right. it's a lexus the right. suv yeah so i don't know what to say about it other than that this seems like a very very exciting year for uh yeah. for apple watch i i you know i guess cellular was a big deal um uh, for me in practice i'm glad i have it it's worth 10 bucks a month um but i i I can't say I use it that often just because the way I live my life, I really am not that often separated from my iPhone. So uh-huh. I had to stop using it because uh, Rogers, which is the my phone number is on Rogers in Canada, which is equivalent roughly to AT and T, it doesn't support it. They never built out the carrier oh infrastructure God. to support it. <laughs> so I got a Bell line just so I could use it, but my normal phone number is not on Bell, and Bell's like Verizon, um, but they they did switch to HSPA plus. But I just I don't want to port my number over there. Yeah. So now I'm back to using a a Rogers watch, and my phone is an LTE phone without any LTE. On it. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't have anything else. Uh, I, I, that's that, that's a wrap for me. Unless you've got yeah. anything else on this you wanted to say before we no. Uh, I, I just I'm looking forward to this because I think we didn't even talk about new iPads. You know, maybe Jaws right. introduces those, maybe not, and the affordable, more affordable MacBook, which has its own naming convention problems right. all its own. Um, <laughs> but it'll be a fun year just for Apple marketing. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, I saw, I you know, some people just are so willing to jump to conclusions. Uh, but I saw that when this first leaked, a couple of people who tweeted, well, they might as well cancel the September 12 event now. And I don't think that they were sarcastic. I think that they were actually, you know, like, it's all ruined for me now because yeah. <laughs> we've seen these two things. And it's like, they, they're both significant. Uh, I, I, there's an awful lot we don't know still. Uh, even yeah. we don't even know if the iPad is coming. We certainly suspect that the the mid range, mid size iPhone is coming, but there's yeah. an awful lot we don't know about that. Uh, and, and also the story, like the, not, yeah. these are just two shots. There, there's no story here yet, right? It, it, I, I don't know. This this Apple Watch face makes me really think that they they've probably gone in and redesigned every single face. Like I don't, yeah. uh, they're you know for familiarity's sake that they might have the same name and the same basic look, but. Why not? You know, they they could take advantage of these corners in all the faces. In and have they let like Carrot Weather? Have they gone in or, or right. just to throw out a name? I have no knowledge right. of this, but have a, have a bunch of third party developers gone in and made these super complications too? Because I'd right. be really. Did you see Carrot Weather was doing the the iPhone reboot <laughs> joke on there? Yeah, that's <laughs> the. the uh, uh, yeah, I did see that. That was the yeah. in reference to the. Uh, the update your iOS 
beta yes. to the latest beta thing that we've all, all of us using the beta have suffered through for the last week. Yeah. Yeah. Fixed yesterday. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yesterday. if they called a couple of popular complication developers out, you know, a week or two ago and, uh, and given them a, you know, locked them in a room and, and given them some, I, I would, I would suggest though, that if carrot developer is cracking jokes about that, he's probably not locked up. in yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to guess Carrot probably didn't, although that he would have been a good choice because he's a very creative, uh, yeah. you know, could have creatively made use of the space. But, uh, boy, that's a terribly exciting for somebody who's interested in information design. And it, yes. it really, I mean, and it, it it really is such a fascinating canvas, the, the watch face for information design. And it's yeah. obvious that Apple is um, thinking very, you know, very, very deeply about it. So it's if very you haven't exciting. read Tufty, go out and read Tufty's books on information design because it's fascinating and Apple does a lot of really good stuff with it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, his books are some probably four of my favorite books that have ever been yeah. written, ever. Absolutely. Right, I'll put a link to the show notes and to his books. His books are very expensive, but they're worth it. Yes. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, all right. Thank you, Renee. Thanks, John. All right. And I will see you soon, which is always yeah. an exciting thing to say on, on these podcasts. <laughs>